Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. I'm Stefan Postuma. Today I talk to Ellie from Rockabella's Roadside Diner in Robertson. It's a great little cafe and diner. Ellie does southern-style Mexican food there. She makes fantastic margaritas. And she also supports the community there by putting on little events like her Crop Swap, her Taco Thursday, and she does things like movie nights and just brings the community together. It's a great little cafe with a great aesthetic, and I really enjoyed talking to Ellie. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ellie from Rockabella's Roadside Diner in Robertson. One of the things that I guess was an initial thing for me is that in the Southern Highlands has such a variety of cuisines you know it's not necessarily all about the wineries and the estates and things like that there's there's a big variety out there and I think if you speak about um, unique you definitely think about Rockabellas Um, you know obviously the first thing that you notice when you when you walk in here is the decor do you want to tell us a bit about like how you've come to sort of choose this style and um, (sighs) sort of what we see around us when we purchased the cafe, it was just it was just another cafe um, offering the similar sorts of things that I felt were already available in in Glut. Yeah. So we sort of thought, what kind of market are we are we going to try and bag out of Robertson? There's there's only eighteen hundred local people, and there's going to soon to be seven eateries, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a lot. So we thought we're only going to survive if we're all really unique and, and that our strength would be by, you know, offering diversity. So my background was definitely in Mexican cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother and sister both own Mexican restaurants as well. So I kind of wanted to use a little bit of that experience that I'd had in, I knew how to make that work on a commercial level. Um, but I thought it might be too niche for Robertson yeah. just to do Mexican. So we kind of went, well, what, what fits with that? And we went, it's that rockabilly culture um, and had a really good friend who had just opened a shop in um, Mosvale called Viva Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess she was a lot of the, she helped me, you know, nut out a lot of the ideas. And um, so, yeah, we felt that that would work with our food focus. So then we, we pulled in Southern American style foods as well. So we added in our sliders and our good burgers and our potato skins and dogs and things like that. Um, and we felt that it fused well 
together. Um, the decor itself, there's been a lot of contributors, even like a lot of local people put their hands up and went, hey, you know, I, I'm, an, I'm a pinstriper and, yeah. you know, or I make, you know, guitars out of bits of old things that are found in my shed. And, yeah. and so many people were really happy to offer me their services and their... So it felt like a community project as well in that... So, so many people got on board and that was that was really cool yeah. um, I'd lived in Robertson for four years already before I bought the cafe but I didn't don't feel that like I really accessed the community in the way that I have until having the cafe course, so yeah. um, that part of doing it's been really cool as well so what you see is actually a really eclectic mix of, of me and, and other people who, who love it and yeah. Yeah, wanted to get on board yeah. and, and have something different that's it and looking around I mean just from where I'm sitting, there's a beautiful mural on the wall. You've yep. got candy skulls, there's guitars on the walls, there's espresso makers, there's old... Are they coffee grinders they're, up there? They're meat grinders? Min- mince grinders, yeah, meat, meat grinders. Meat grinders. And, Turned you know. into shelving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so coffee pots of, turned into candelabras. Yeah. yeah. The, there was a big bar in here. Um, and I didn't feel that the space worked with such an enormous bar. Yep. So we hacked that up and turned it into boxes, which, you know, we've used to put out. Oh, sort cool. of we sell, you know, do a sideline um, vintage wares. That's an that's a interesting way of reusing some of, the, some of the stuff that was in here. And originally. that's like all my tables outside of Gifted. Yep. People go, hey, I've got a table. Can you use it? And I go, yes. Yep. So very little of it has actually been brought brand new. Most of it was, was salvaged. The tables came from an old restaurant and they were getting chucked away. Um, they had like someone had revarnished them in, a, in the wrong product. Anyway, it had gone all tacky, so they were just going to chuck them. So yeah, we thought, hey, we'll just we'll work with those. We'll strip them back. And, mm, yeah. Awesome. And I mean, in the way that it's sort of a community effort, bringing these together, people contributing things. I noticed out the back, there's there's art studios and things out there as well. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the complex was fairly empty um, when we started doing what we were doing, and it seems that the well, I think that the energy that was created here, and I and I don't take you know personal full responsibility for that like I said there's a lot of people but I think that the energy that happened here yeah it's brought more people in there's now like a the utopian artisans up the end um, which showcases a lot of uh, local crafters um, and then Sonia's also running um, workshops out the back in felting spinning yeah. um, a lot of those sort of vintage crafts yeah that's really cool um, yeah and then yeah Rick Abel's got his art studio out the back from when Bill Ben Quilty moved out, mm-hmm. so yeah, awesome. It's cool. So it really is a little community, and it's not just about you know having a set of shops that's a cafe and there's a real estate agent here and all that sort of thing. It's about something more than that, which is really no. Cool. And and I think that we all do genuinely work together here yeah. to try and and create you know not just something that's commercially viable, but something that bring something to the community mm-hmm. and um, we started a, a thing um, with my friend Piway who's she's starting a community um, supported garden um, down on Fountaindale Road um, where she's got about 100 acres so we've actually not only worked at cultivating that land together um, to get the, the veggies and stuff growing which will eventually supply the cafe mm-hmm. but we started something called the crop swap so every Saturday morning out the front, local people are encouraged just to come, bring what you've got from home. You've got a lemon tree and got 50 lemons that you can't use, bring them along, bring your excess along. Yep. And then we just 
put it all on the back of the big old Ford 250 and then it's like a you'd say trading but you don't have to take anything and you certainly don't necessarily have to bring anything and that's really we've been running that for over a year now and it's got its own energy it rolls now yeah. without us even having to contribute that's great anything and i, just, I call it the church for gardeners because it's just a reason to come together once a week with people yeah. from your community who share your you know that's need fantastic. to outreach and you know it's not attached to the church or a sport or or anything like that so it's, yeah. it's really nice that's awesome yeah, so, I mean, having the community involved in, um, you know, swapping produce and surplus and all that sort of stuff is a fantastic idea. And really, you know, at this time of year, in the middle of summer, every, like people who do have gardens, and especially around the highlands where there's a bit more land available to them, you always have a surplus of something. Like I've got tomatoes galore, you know. That there's always a time when someone's got way too many zucchinis or eggs that they can't eat and... I guess the future of sustainable, like sustainable food practices, is that sort of swapping system. Like. And we wanted to say it's it doesn't. I think sometimes when you think about trying to start your own home garden, it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You're like there's no way I can grow everything that I need to yeah. support my family. And so what we were saying was you don't have to just plant one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then someone else plants one thing, and you end up with a whole glut of that thing. Then if we work together, then you you know, and it was sort of about my going to people, just just have a crack. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to feel overwhelming, doesn't have to feel huge. You know, we've we've got stuff growing out the back here and I mean there's no way that we could grow enough to support what we need to use at the cafe, but it was just like, Well look, there's land there, let's, you know, make every little piece of it count in some in some way. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. um yeah, we kinda wanted to you know, I think a lot of um especially commercially sustainable food practices, it's really marketed as that. Do you Mm. know what I mean? It's like it's the focus of the cafe is that it's organic and we grow our own vegetables and it's we just sort of like it doesn't have to be wrapped up in that either. It can just be everybody, anyone. You know, you don't have to label yourself as a greenie or as a, you know, alternative person to to get on board for this. It's it's just normal. I think having that attitude towards it as well sort of encourages people to give things a go that might not be that people are sort of intimidated by the prospect of doing things like that. Yes. So that's what, yeah, that was a big part of it as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And when you talk about sort of just growing a small amount of different things or just one thing, um, I guess the the benefit in, in doing it that way is that you get really good at growing one thing. If you if you if you sort of limit yourself, I mean myself as a gardener, we've got a small we've got a small veggie patch at my place and sometimes I feel like I'm trying to spread myself too wide. There's, I've got too many things going at once and I haven't figured out how to perfect, you know, growing one thing because it takes a bit of time and experience. It does. So if you, if, you, if you get good at one thing and you can bring a whole bunch of that to a, to a little swap, you know, event like, like yours and then you've got other people doing the same thing, you're getting the best quality of all the different things as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and then there's so much swapping of ideas and knowledge there too not just about how to grow things but about what to do with it after you've got it people are we started a little facebook page called the ralph which is the robertson alternative local food exchange and um yeah and so people get up and share recipe ideas on that and go hey i noticed there was a whole bunch of this at crop swap and this is what i do with it you know so i've got we've got a glut of kale and and kale is one of those new 
sort of superfoods that people go, I don't know what to do with kale. Mm. So, yeah, and so you see that happening too. Like people just go, yes, what I do with my kale and it's what I do. And quite often after crop swap, people take stuff back and have cook-ups together. And, yeah, there's a there's definitely a an, an on from yeah. just that. You know, that's only an hour, hour and a half, but a lot more happens after that anyway. Yeah. Bringing together people, you know, to talk about food and to share ideas and things like that is, is, is such a great thing. And I think incorporating that sort of thing into your business here, as you were saying when you first started, you know, you were looking for something unique. You just didn't want to be any old, you know, other yeah. cafe. And having different elements that you can bring together to make a place have a bit of a story is yeah. you know, fantastic. And I think well. having many people involved helps keep you dynamic too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, if it's just you all the time um it's it's very it's come you overwhelming yeah. um so yeah having all those people involved is really been amazing for me and i think um just back on to that our our food is quite focused at sharing yeah. as well we want to keep food unpretentious and accessible and you know simple and tasty and yeah a lot of our food is stuff that we encourage people to sit down and share together mm-hmm. and um We've got the games here. We sort of thought, you know, just yeah, yeah, so, and and a place where people, you know, feel welcome. That they yeah, we got the kids area. Yeah, we, we kids want, area. and we want, yeah, we wanted Rocket with Bellas to be for anyone. Yeah, anyone who who great. liked it. Yeah. yeah, and I guess again, you know, broadening broadening the aspects of your business. One of the things that you do is some pretty special cocktails, um, Mexican-based cocktails. Do you want to tell us a bit about what um, I, I love tequila. Um, as so I said, I. my brother and sister <laughs> own Mexican restaurants and I worked for a long time. Um, at my, my sister bought her first Mexican restaurant um, when I was 19. So I started out there and um, from there we got our love of tequila. We, we moved away from, I think, what everyone thought was tequila. Um, into yeah. what tequila really is and it's it's a beautiful spirit and i think that um you know if you get a good quality tequila it's it's such a happy drink yeah. as well um doesn't tend to make people morose or angry or whatever you know i think it's yeah and cocktails are a fun way i call it cooking for drunks but <laughs> um i like the alchemy of yeah. making cocktails and i and i certainly love playing with flavors and um, I started off with making the tequila-based cocktails, and I definitely still think they're probably my main my main focus. But yeah, since since having here, I've de- I'm getting more into um, bourbons mm-hmm. as well, and, which suits um, that southern aspect as well. It does, mm-hmm. and um, and they're they're quite complex as well. So that's sort of that's where I'm headed next. Fantastic. I think. Um, and so, I mean, for the for the book, you've given us a couple of cocktails. Um, that people can try out at home. Do you want to run us through what they were? So there's the classic margarita, which is it's an old favourite. Um, it's it's my 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 recipe on it, which I think is particularly delicious. Um, I think you can you can over ice your margarita. It's not supposed to be a really long cocktail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I add just a titch of nice quality lime cordial, which just gives it an edge of sweetness. Um, I recommend always using a good quality tequila. Yeah. Um, probably a rested tequila or a reposito is, is the best. Um, Contro is the classic mixture, um, but in a commercial sense, I found a really good triple sec, the Bardanet, which is really good. Yeah, so fantastic. I recommend that for you know your home cocktail use. Yeah. Um, the uh, the 
bourbon and mint julep is actually my own creation. Yeah. That's one I've, you know, from mucking around with, I came up on my own. Like I said, I use those, um, the Murray Brewery's cordials a lot. Yeah. And they came, they, they had this mint julep cordial and I was like, well, oh, I'm going to muck around with that. It's, it's got a lovely spearminty sort of flavor to it. So, um, yeah, I found that that worked particularly well with, with bourbon and, and pineapple and then fresh mint from the garden that we awesome. grow here. And then, yeah, the apple and, and, and raspberry um, was for a lot of people are frightened, I think, of flavorful spirits like your tequila and your bourbons. And so, you know, people are like, oh, could you do me something with vodka? So yeah. I was like, okay. So, and then like the spiced apple and the raspberry worked beautifully yeah, together great. there. Um, do you do... You do you, Tequila, uh, tequila or margarita happy hours and things? I think a friend was telling me or you used it. Um, no, well, on we do our Taco Thursdays. That's what it is. And then yeah. on Taco Thursdays, the margaritas are $10. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but someone was actually it sent me a message the other day saying that February 22nd is National Margarita Day. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like something I have to be involved in. So, yeah, I'm in the process of organising a girls' night in. Nice. Um, I'm off to Cambodia in September to build houses. Um, right. And part of that means that I have to raise my share of the building materials, which is about $2,000. Oh, wow. So I thought, well, there's a perfect opportunity. So my first fundraiser will be National Margarita awesome. Day. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> great way to incorporate your so, business into some... Uh, yeah. Some... Yeah, some good, some good things. Um, yeah, and I mean, as you were saying about making something unique in the Highlands and in, in Robertson, um, I've got a good friend that lives in Exeter and, um, you know, she comes up here frequently for Taco Thursdays. Oh, which, which, I mean, it's the opposite side of the Highlands just about. So, you know, it's definitely working, that, that idea of making something different because you'd never come to Robertson to, you know, go to... Just any, Have other, a steak. any other cafe, you know, yeah. when when you live in Exeter. So, um, you know, having having those sorts of events and you know keeping it interesting and something different that you can't find in other parts of the Highlands is is great. And if you're bringing locals in from you know half an hour away or something, it's definitely working. Yeah, really cool. and we 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 figured that with the that those sort of specialty events being more popular. We did a, an event at the end of last year, which sort of like we did a big um, 1950s night and it was a fundraiser for a charity called Summer Dreams, but we had a band playing and um, we put on some special food, um, you know, very 1950s diner, back to your shoestring yeah. fries and your gourmet dogs and those sorts of things for the night. And it was really popular. It was so well received. Um, and that's what I thought. In, a, in small communities like this, I think sometimes you're left with not a lot to do. Um, and so that's part of our thing for this year is that we're going to do more events and we're trying to get about six out in a year. So we've got a lot of ideas. We wanted to do a, like a vintage movie night where we might get all the tables out, fill this place with beanbags and pillows, block out blinds everywhere and show some just cool old retro yeah. flicks, you know, um, and then, you know, people can have sit down and have a cocktail while they go to the movies and That's things great. that I think people generally only get to access when you're living in the city. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, that's and we've got and that lots sort of, of ideas. I guess those sorts of ideas, like having having it all fit into, you know, the Rockabella's style is fantastic because you do have a unique style in the Highlands, and you won't be able to get a retro movie night at other places and, and things. So it's it's great creating creating a little niche that people know about and can come to for events and things like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. 
and it allows us to consistently you know remain creative and, and it keeps work dynamic for you too I think it's easy to get bogged down and just keeping the cogs turning so yeah um, and I mean business wise that sort of thing is is what creates word of mouth and something interesting and different is, is something that people talk about and, and you know they'll say oh I went over to Rockabella's for this movie night and, and you can't beat word of mouth yeah that's it and then you know if it's a talking point then you'll get more customers and that sort of thing is, is perfect sort of makes the whole cycle work yes yeah that's great um so other than the cocktails that you did for us today you did a couple of really delicious dishes as well do you want to tell us about the tacos to start with Okay, so um, the chili prawn tacos are something that we serve on our taco night. Um, and that was just when we started to do the taco night, I was like, oh, I think people are going to want a large variety. So you look at the foods that you already have and the chili prawns were, were on our dish. So, yeah, we, we thought about what worked well with the, the prawns and definitely the, the guacamole is, is beautiful. It helps cool down the the chili and um, it's good texture as well so the guacamole's uh, spread onto the soft taco and then the prawns are marinated in garlic chili butter coriander and cayenne pepper and then they're they're fried off um, till they go nice and caramelized the butter really helps with that and they're served along the guacamole and then we top that with uh, like a pica de gallo which is all could also be called a salsa fresca mm-hmm. so it's kind of where you chop up your your fresh um, produce and put that uh, along the top so we've got tomatoes coriander spanish onion and mango and then we we mix that together with a little salt and lemon juice just yeah. to yeah lovely and, and like you said it's it's simple flavors it's not trying to do anything too it's out not of the ordinary no and and stuff people can do at home yeah. easily and it's and i think it's a fresh way of eating too um which is good There's, yeah yeah and um one thing that i like is anyone that's been to mexico knows that they're definitely not afraid of a good kicker spice and neither are you guys here and you always got a bench full of hot sauces that can go alongside it as well the hot sauce bench yeah we we didn't want to frighten people we thought people are going to go oh no mexicans all spicy i can't eat that so um we thought well hey look we'll wind it back in in what we're cooking um we won't add a lot of chili in up front and having the hot sauce counter there um enabled people then to add their own mm-hmm. heat and with chilies there's so many different varieties start looking into it there's a huge amount of chilies and then they smoke the chilies and they do all sorts of things to the chilies which then change the flavor of them uh as well so um yeah people can custom what flavor chilies i like that i like it a lot I, lo- I love places i love condiments i love places where there's a bunch of different condiments for you to choose from they're not too righteous about what you put on what you can sort of just go for, go for it and you know, having such a big variety of hot sauces is right up my alley because everything's so unique. Like, they're all so different depending on the chilies that they use. Like you say, they smoke them and every different hot sauce can add its own dimension to a dish That's just right. by adding it, which is really cool. That's right. Yeah. And the third dish that you made for us today, the roast pumpkin flautas. The flautas. So, yeah, flauta means flute. Um, and it's uh, like a baby chimichanga, uh, I guess. So you've got a flour tortilla and you put a little cheese and the, the roast pumpkin in the middle of that and you roll it um, fairly snugly and then um, that's fried off in a rice bran oil, um, which is a particularly good one to use for frying. It has a high smoke point and 
the good molecular structure mm -hmm. so it won't necessarily penetrate your food it'll seal it off so they're not really a horrible greasy deep fried thing yeah. Um, and yeah, we serve those with our sweet and spicy salsa. So there's quite a bit of brown sugar in the salsa mm -hmm. that we use with that. And the sweetness works really beautifully with the, with the pumpkin and the toasty bread. Yeah, beautiful. And that's, I mean, you're talking about sharing dishes with people and just having a conversation. But that sort of thing for me, the sweetness of the pumpkin, nice bit of little bit of a little bit of oil sort of that sort of comfort food in a way and then you've got a nice sweet and spicy salsa alongside a good good kick of tequila in a margarita or something like that shared with a shared with a friend sounds right yeah. like bang on for me yeah. yeah yeah and i think food has traditionally always been one of those things that that brought people together and um yeah that's that's what i think i like most about about eating yeah. um yeah sitting down with people enjoying conversation and yeah, good yeah, times. Great. And I mean, lastly, as you say, you've sort of developed this little community here, and you've done something different, and you've got that, um, you know, you've you've got your your vegetable swap events and different events and things like that. And I'm assuming that you've got a lot of regulars, and then also tourists who come and give you give you great feedback on what you do as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, look, when you do something unique. You're not actually going to be everybody's cup of tea, yeah. and um, that took me a little while to to get around. When you when you do something like this, and it's such a personal expression, um, when people go, "Hey, that's not for me," you kind of go, "Oh." <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, we've definitely found um, a good, strong local following of people who like what we do, and the local community, like I said, has been enormously supportive. Not just in in coming along and liking what we do, but you know, they'll they'll use it to hire out for events and ask you to cater their parties and things like that um but yeah i said actually physically contributing to what goes on here um and then we regularly check out our reviews out there's a number of review sites that people use um i guess google facebook and tripadvisor are probably mm. the most popular yeah um, so yeah, we keep a close eye on what's what feedback we are getting from that. Not just I think sometimes people are scared to give you, especially negative feedback, um, at the point of sale. Um, so yeah, we we do we like to keep an eye on that. But I'm I'm happy to say that the negative feedback is very very limited. Yeah. Um, and we normally use that constructively. Yeah. Of so course. And but I think it's important to it's you been know, take that stuff on board. Overwhelmingly yeah. positive, which just it, it, it buoys you, it reinforces that you are doing something cool and people appreciate it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been overwhelming. The the good feedback, especially from people coming from yeah. outside the area. And I know we've got people who come up from Canberra, yeah. you know. Um, and we'll go, well, whenever we're heading to the coast, we we, we you know, clock in Rockabellas as a stop that we want to do. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of that sort of thing. Knowing that the words spreading outside the region is is something that's great. Yeah, and know. we had so many. We we had a really big Sunday this um, this week, and we our potato dippers that we make. So that's like a it's like an eclectic mix of local potatoes. Mm -hmm. um, Robertson being a big potato area, and um, yeah, we fry them up and serve them with different condiments. Um, and they're hugely popular, um, but we ran out of them really quickly on the Sunday there because they're a you know a labour-intensive product. You can't just 
have more ready to go. Yeah. And I had, I turned away at least three tables who said, I'm sorry, we've come specifically to eat those. Like, that's what we're here for. We, we really want them. And um, we'll just come back tomorrow when you've got them. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool to know that uh, that a product that you do is so popular that people are coming with that in mind. You yeah. know, I'm not just you know turning up. I'm coming because I really want what you got. So, That's fantastic. Yeah. That's the best compliment that you can get about uh, about your food in general. I guess is to. Have someone say, oh, I'm coming straight to your place because that's exactly what I want to eat. I don't even need to see a menu. Yeah. I, just want, I just want that. That's, that's what I want. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this episode of the Quicksand Food Connection, the Southern Highlands edition. I had a great conversation with Ellie from Rockabella's Roadside Diner. And if you want to find out more about them, you can find them at Rockabella's on Facebook. And you can also find them at Rockabella's Diner on Instagram. If you want to find out more about Quicksand Food, you can visit us online at quicksandfood.com. We're also Quicksand Food on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to download all the other episodes of the Quicksand Food Connection that runs in conjunction with the Southern Highlands Cookbook, you can find them all to download at our website, quicksandfood.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.